You know, um, I was the only one in any form of costume during the VBS, and everybody's saying, what is that ridiculous thing you're wearing? Um, I was a storyteller, so we kind of thought this would be a biblical storyteller outfit. Well, yeah, I was called throughout the week a flower child, a hippie, um, one of the more manly guys that I know said nice dress. Um, and my headgear was referred to as a, me, my attempt to be gangsta. Um, so I, but it is, it is an um, outfit for a storyteller of biblical proportion. I guess it didn't work too well. But um, first thing I want to do is thank all of the people who worked at VBS. A, a ton of people worked at VBS from top to bottom. And a couple weeks ago, we came before the church, said we're a little short on people. We rallied, as Orange always does. And there wasn't any small job, whether it was being sure the kids didn't flee from the premises to feeding them, to cleaning up after them. And I, I personally think that the family leaders had the hardest job because they had to take the same group of kids from station to station to station where I just got them, whoop, you know, next group, next group, next group. It was much better. But the kids you saw today were just over half of the amount of kids we had. We had about about almost twice the amount of kids there. They're not all here today for various family reasons, but it was truly a blessed, blessed VBS, and I want to thank everybody, Magda included, who ran it all, and Linda, who was her right-hand person. See, I said that right. And everything. So it was a great VBS. Thank you, everybody. Now, I want to thank you for your kids, first of all. It was truly a joy for us to teach your kids. The kids... Kids really bring a different view of Christianity to people like they've been reading their Bible their whole life because Christ was clear. Christ said, unless you come to me as one of these little ones, you have no place with me. And you get that when you teach these kids are in BBS because you know what the kids have? Yeah, they have energy. Yeah, they're going around like a million miles an hour, but they have joy. How many Christian adults do we know with joy, with that kind of joy? And that's what Christ was talking about, is do you have that kind of... And you know what? They don't get into theological debates. They know Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and that's all you need to appreciate, and they get that. So we learned five stories during the week, and I'm going to do what we traditionally do. If we could bring... This is going to be dangerous. We're going to give it a shot. Bring the kids up in front of the podium here. Please come, all VBS children. Now, we learned some stories this week, right, you guys? And you're not going to make me look real bad by not knowing the answers to these questions, right? No. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. No. Okay, so everybody have a seat. Be comfortable. Boy, it seems like old times. Um, Okay, Monday, we talked about Noah. Remember? How long did Noah take to build his ark? 100 years. Right, right. And how long did the ark float on the water before they landed? A year. Wow, look at this. Okay. Thank you, God. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Jonah. Remember Jonah? Okay. Um, what did Jonah ask the sailors to do to stop the storm? To throw him out of the boat or else. Okay. Now the sailors, the sailors, 
Did they throw him out immediately? Why not? Because they were afraid of God. Amen. Yes. Okay. So far, so good. And we're getting closer in memory now. Okay, Wednesday we talked about Jesus walking on the water, right? And when Jesus walked on the water, did somebody come out to see him? Peter came out to see him, but he fell in the water because he didn't keep his eyes on Jesus. Right. And when Jesus, when Peter fell in the water because he didn't keep his eyes on Jesus, what saved him? Uh, save me, Jesus. Right? Yep, he said, save me, Jesus, even in the midst of his trouble. Okay, we're doing great. Now, um, then we talked about, remember when Jesus was barbecuing fish on the beach for the disciples? Okay, we're going to know this one. How many fish were in the net when they, when they pulled the fish up that Jesus put in the net? Around 150. Right, 153. Good job. Okay, now we talked about Paul. Okay, Paul got, they threw rocks at Paul, right? And made Paul where he looked like he was dead. What happened to him after that? He went back. He went back. He got up and went back to the guys who stoned him. Kids, you did an awesome job. Thank you. How about a big hand for all the kids? Now go back to your seats. So that's just to show you that, you know, when they're running around like Comanches and not paying a bit of attention to you, they really are. Now, if you could, you could kind of pick it up by now, the theme of VBS was a, was a beach theme, was a, a sea, a theme about the ocean, and, and the stories predominantly were. But the stories taught the kids and teach us not about God's judgment, but about God's grace. And that's so important to understand. I mean, a lot of people look at the story of Noah. God destroyed the world because people were bad. No, God saved his people from a bad world. That's what happened. And when you look at it, um, in fact, I'll quote a line from Noah about Noah in, in um, Genesis 6-5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So all you end timers out there, we're not quite there yet by virtue of this church alone. Um, the, the people were so bad and so evil, but God gave them a way out. He gave them Noah. He gave them the ark. He preached for 100 years, and he saved eight people. But hey, it was a, it was a good start. So, um, but it shows us when times are bad, God always gives us a way out. Always. He never leaves us stranded. And, and the kids got that. Now, Jonah... Jonah's a great story. In fact, he, he's a very interesting character. Jonah, God tells Jonah, I want you to save the Ninevites, right? The Ninevites. He hated the Ninevites. Now, he is a man of God, a man who knows God. And the story of Jonah tells us exactly why he would not save the Ninevites, or he would not preach to the Ninevites, because he turned to God and he said, I know you are a gracious God, and you'd have mercy on them. Again, not a book of judgment, a book of mercy. So he gets on a boat and says, you know what, God, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. And 
Then the storm comes. The boat's rocking. The boat's going to go under. And the sailors, who are all pagans, all these sailors are pagans. They all had different gods. They pray to their different gods, and nothing happens. They say, hey, go wake that guy Jonah up and see what his deal is. And they said, who's your god, and why is he so mad? And they, he explains to them, I, I disobeyed him. So he says, throw me in the water. And this is what the kids picked up on, you heard today. He says, throw me in the water, everything will be fine. Don't you love that about Jonah? Not I'll go back and do what God wants to. I'd rather die than save those people. So they say, wait a minute. If you're God's servant and he's doing this, we're not throwing you in because he might be mad at us. So they try to get out of it and they can't. So they say a prayer to God before they throw him in. Have mercy on us. We're throwing this guy in only because it's what he's telling us to do. So he, in his disobedience, you know, how, how in, uh, we read in Romans, God brings everything together, even the evil things together for the good, for those who love him and trust him. Perfect example. He converts a whole boatload of pagans. So now he's in the water smirking, I beat you, God, I'm going to die, and I'm not going to go to Nineveh. Not so fast, Jonah. So the fish swallows him. He goes back to Nineveh and preaches to him never do we see his heart change in the book of Jonah? But we see 120,000 Ninevites saved. So there's something to be learned from that story is the people of God, people of God who think that they're entitled, people of God who think that they do things right and will be blessed for it, don't receive the grace that pagans and people who realize they need grace and fall on their knees and ask for it. As were the Ninevites and the guys in the, on, the, uh, in, on the boat. Now, the story of Jesus walking in the water, is, is, it's, it's the gospel, truly. Because Peter's in the boat, brash Peter. You know, there's a terrible storm, and Jesus says, Peter, come, come to me. You could walk on the water, too, after Peter has to do it. Peter gets in the water and starts walking. This is cool. But the second he does everything we do in life, right? I'm focused on Christ. My life's going to be fine. Then something bad happens. Then this happens. And I lose my job or some health problem comes. Look away from Jesus. We sink. Did Jesus leave him alone? Did Jesus say, okay, Peter, you blew it. Drown you, fool. You didn't keep your eyes on me. He yells, Jesus, save me. And Christ yanks him out of the mess. And that's, that's the message to us. And the, and the kids really glommed on to that story. Now, the, the, I call the beach barbecue story. And this is kind of important to understand our friend Peter again. When Peter first met Jesus in the very beginning, um, before he was a disciple, he'd fished all night long and caught nothing because he's a fisherman. And he, Christ said to him after preaching at the beach all day, go out in the middle of the day in deep water and catch fish. After Peter cleaned the nets, after... He was ready to go home after a miserable night of catching nothing. And Peter said, Lord, we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. What you're telling us to do makes zero sense. But because you're telling us to do it, we'll do it. He goes out and he catches so many fish that his nets are breaking. And that's when he became a disciple. He left all that behind, but that, that showed him who Christ was. Well, fast forward to this story. Christ has gone to the cross Peter's denied him three times, and he he's risen. He had appeared a couple times, but it had been some time since they'd seen him. So Peter does what Peter does. I'm going to go fishing. 
He fished all night and caught nothing. So he wakes up, I mean, during the morning, he sees a guy standing on the beach who yells, did you catch anything? And he says, no. The guy on the beach says, throw your net on the other side of the boat. He says, well, we caught nothing doing it this way. We'll give it a shot. Fish net's full. Peter goes, I remember this one. And he realizes it's the Lord. He dives in the water, swims back to the beach, and Christ's there barbecuing fish for him. That was a good breakfast. Our Lord and Savior barbecuing fish for you. That's incredible. So they have breakfast, and he says to Peter, Peter's denied him three times, Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter says, yes, Lord. He does it three times and clicks in Peter's head. We just fixed my little denial problem, didn't we? So then, finally, we talked about Paul. And, and you know, I'm going to tell you something you're going to be very disappointed about. This sermon's going to be mercifully slow because I know how much you're enjoying the temperature in the church. You know, pastor said, one air conditioner's broken. I say one's working. <laughs> it's still hot, but imagine how hot it could be. Um, so we, then we talked about Paul. We got off the beach, we talked about Paul. Paul is clearly, in my humble opinion, the most important biblical figure in the New Testament besides Christ. Paul was raised a Pharisee. By the time Paul was 21 years old, he had learned the equivalent of two PhDs in theology. He was a brilliant theologian. He hated Christians, and he hated Christ. But it was Christ himself who blinded him, knocked him off the horse, and said, when Peter falls on, I mean, Paul falls on his knees and says, who is it? He said, it is me, the one you're persecuting. He goes in a house for three days, totally blind, and all the things he had in his head started clicking. The whole Old Testament was about Christ. He came out of there, and you could not shut him up. It didn't matter what you did to him. He was flogged. He was beat. He was stoned. In fact, I love that story that the kids told you about. He was stoned so badly that he was almost dead. They prayed him back on his feet. He went right back in and started preaching again. That's the best you got? And he lived his life like that. So Paul is, Paul is an incredible guy, and I, I think if we read his letters, we understand he had the main message of the gospel. There is nothing you can do to save yourself. There is no amount of good works you can do to save yourself. It is the grace of Christ and his sacrifice on the cross alone that saves you. We are justified by faith in that alone. Martin Luther said, justification by faith alone is the article upon which our church stands or falls. It is that important, and it came. Martin Luther didn't come up with any new theology. He just talked about Paul, what Paul taught him. So at the end of it, your kids actually absorbed a lot of this information and, quite frankly, came into VBS with a lot of this information. And not one or two of them were, were pretty quick to correct you if you ever made any missteps in reciting a Bible story. But at any rate, again, thank you so much for the opportunity to teach these kids. It, it, they brought joy to us. And, you know, if you saw us dragging like um, the Walking Dead here last night, we were still happy about it. So... But we, we are, again, so thankful because VBS is truly what a good church is about. 
because our kids are our future. It is our obligation to tell the kids about Christ. It is the kids who then become the VBS leaders of the future. So thank you for the kids. Thank you kids for um, mostly listening. And thank you for running me ragged all week. And thank you parents for giving us your kids. <laughs>